Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hello, and welcome, or should I say welcome back, to the Indie Football Podcast. I am, as ever, Ed Malian, sports editor of The Independent, and I am joined uh, by my two most trusty, uh, would you say most trusty? Certainly... Two of my trustiest uh, allies, uh, Miguel Delaney to my right, yep, uh, and Jack Pitbrook to my left. Fired. I think we're both on the pod for the first time in a few weeks. Jack yeah, hasn't been on in a while. This is my first one for, a f- it's been a lonely few weeks away from the pod, so I'm very pleased Empty to be Empty few weeks for you. Um, what have you been doing? Uh, I w- last Monday, I went to Germany to interview a member of the Germany 2006 World Cup squad. Interesting. Which you can mm. all read on independent.co.uk or near near the start of the World Cup. Yes, yes. Um, 11th of June, I think that's what... Yeah. Uh, the previous Monday before that, I got no idea. It's that stage of the season where basically you're a travelling midweek somewhere. Just because yeah, yeah. it's always something. Uh, yeah. Where were you last week, Miguel? Uh, I was actually recovering from the PFA Awards. So oh, yeah, that's I, right. I, I, we, we usually record this part at 10am. And Did you win any awards? Didn't, no, no. Didn't make, didn't make any of the teams of the year, didn't either. Didn't make any of the shortlist. <laughs> uh... A, bi- a busy week since we last spoke. Um, Liverpool spanked Roma, I guess, is, is the yeah. most uh, noteworthy thing. Um, we've also had... What was the Real, Real Madrid won 2-1 in, in uh, Munich? A surprisingly yeah. underwhelming game, given how good the Champions League has been this season. I think, it re- I think for me that game, it kind of summed up the worst of the modern Champions League. Yeah. In the sense that it's... There's no, like... There's no exoticism like there's no yeah. surprise it's two teams who play each other every single year yeah yeah and we're very familiar with them yeah. two teams who aren't even that good like it's two teams who just happen to be like the biggest and best yeah. run or, or certainly richest clubs in Europe stocked with the best players yeah like it, it and what, what kind of annoyed me about it was that I remember this time last year I went it was the quarterfinal and it was exactly the same game as the quarterfinal yeah, yeah. The, the first leg at the Allianz Arena where Bayern dominated the first half went 1-0 up missed chances for 2-0 then kind of like choked a bit in the second half, and Real Madrid scored twice out of nowhere, mm. and Real Madrid won two well, one. Actually, beyond their football, this actually probably possibly worth a preview piece tomorrow. But beyond their football and, and how attacking it is, one of the refreshing things about Liverpool is because there's something different, and and even the idea of oh maybe maybe Real Madrid could actually have a, a few difficulties with Liverpool because it completely. Yeah. I think all the best stories in the Champions League this year have been like certainly outside the big three clubs. It's been. Mm. The Roma comeback has been li- Liverpool first and foremost. Mm. The Roma com- comeback against Barcelona. Can City do it? Even like PSG's kind of quest to win the Champions yeah. League, which obviously uh, like blew out uh, against Real Madrid, is quite interesting because obviously they've invested so much. Yeah. In it. Whereas like Barca, Real and Bayern, it's incredibly hard to get excited about any of it, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as, like, we discussed this a fair bit with kind of people who have been to Real Madrid over the past uh, a few years. But that, you know, you're at that big Champions League game and all you're thinking really, no matter how Madrid are playing, 
no matter what Ronaldo's doing, no matter how many chances he's missing or he's not involved again, like you know, seventy third minute, there'll be the Ronaldo goal. This the song comes on, Madrid, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, but they're so insufferable. Uh, it's uh, one of those situations where you expect Real Madrid now to go through. I guess we might as well preview the Champions League while we're slightly reviewing. But Liverpool Roma, because um, we haven't probably spoken about it on the pod. That was a a special kind of half of football. Yeah. The devastation. Well, first, I mean, it was kind of two parts. First of all, it was the Salah show. Yes. Well, I mean, I was at that game. Like an... Sorry, sorry. First thing. Roma deciding to play a high line at a, yeah. at a back three with Fazio in it was was obviously a terrible, I, terrible mistake. It, but temporarily, it looked like there could be some logic here. Well, it was it logic. right at the start. And then Mane missed those two chances. And, you, and it did. I remember thinking, and I think we said it to a few people, this this, this could be the makings of a bottle job from Liverpool. Uh, Roma were the better team. Mane missed those chances. Like, and Mane really looked like he needed a good touch. And then Salah just pops up and goes, here we go. Done. Bang. And it's just the quality of his finishing. Yeah. Sense, like the first goal is so different to the second goal. Yeah. And, and requires such different skills. And, and it's the fact that he seems to have found that extra part of his skill set, which, which was basically missing yeah. um, in previous years. What do you think the chances are of Roma doing what they did against Barcelona this week? It's kind of... It, it's kind of the issue hovering over the tie, really. Well, they're very fallible, aren't they? Yeah. They're very fallible. I, and if Roma get the first goal and suddenly again, like... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all over that. The 3-0 win. I'm, you know, I think it's hard to stop Liverpool scoring. Mm. Yeah. But they've got two away goals. So, 4-1. But then ba- ba- Barca were kind of dread. Like, Barca really played into Roma's hand in that game, didn't they? But Liverpool will do, do you not think? I mean, I- I'm interested to see how, how Klopp will play, especially mm. now his, his tactical brain, as he's described him, has um, not resigned or quit, according to the... More official line on, on yeah. events, but Buvac has uh, will step away from the club from the first team to the end of the season. Suggestions are as well that he has he's been, been away for a while. Influential, yes, really, yeah. yeah, no, we'd heard that. So um, Buvac out, uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain out for the season and the World Cup. Uh, sad for him actually, because it is, it is very sad in the sense that, well, it's sad in any sense, but, he but all, the, all, all the more so that suddenly, like, given that. He hadn't become a joke figure, but like when he went to Liverpool, there was so much kind of. I suppose maybe at the time, fair grizzle. A lot of money as well. Yeah, what does he think he's doing? He's getting into a midfield, like he's not mm-hmm. a midfielder, and yet he suddenly found this role for himself. He actually ended up virtually playing as the guy that Southampton thought he was. Mm. I remember to, uh, talking to Gordon Strachan about him years ago, kind of when he was like a teenager before he went to Arsenal, or just after he'd gone to Arsenal. And it was, the big question was, what, what's his position going to be? Which I think probably he didn't even get answered at Arsenal. All yeah. that time he was at Arsenal, it didn't get answered. And Klopp found a great role for him and used him effectively and kind of got the best out of him for a while. So it's, I mean, it's it's a blow for Gareth Southgate, although we probably wouldn't have been starting, do you think, Jack? Maybe. I mean, when we we are not well-stocked with good options in midfield. Like, you know, Lallana's injured, Wilshere not having a great season if we're honest Winks out the picture Chalabas out the picture step um, up Ruben Loftus-Cheek so realistically like it's going to have to be Dyer, Henderson and either Lingard or Loftus-Cheek in the middle I think I think um, the Oxlade Chamberlain example is interesting because um, I think one of the strong arguments against Arsene Wenger over the last few years mm. has been that he had this talented generation of young British players and none of them really amounted to anything under him and I think that 
like some of the responsibility for that has yeah. to be on Wenger. I completely agree. Because yeah. he hasn't given those young players the kind of structured coaching that they need yeah. to go from being young players into consistent top performers. Now, I remember, right, you know, you can look at Wilshire, Ramsey, uh, Walcott, to a lesser extent, Jenkinson, because mm. they're not good, really, Jenkinson, Chambers. But also, Chambers is probably the best example because he arrived mm. at the age of 17 and, you know, kind of six years down the line, he wasn't that much yeah. better than the player who first showed up. And, I, I you know, I, I, remember, I remember making this point in a piece about a year or two ago. And frankly, the fact that Oxley Chamberlain has developed so much under that kind of coach that he's got mm. in Jurgen Klopp is, I think, basically evidence for that argument. It's, it's, I mean, and you hear all the time basically about Arsenal in that regard, they just the absence of coaching. And presumably, and from everything we've heard, Wenger is not doing anything different to what he was 20 years ago when, when he was bringing through all these players. So I think more than that, as much as I, as much as I said about Wenger, it's a good kind of control for the game because it probably displays the level of coaching and kind of nurturing that young players get now. And, and young players, it, it's, 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 it's gone up so many levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. Especially when, you know, when they're, you can look at the different paths that some guys who have left the Southampton Academy have gone. And mm. obviously Bale is the the elite example, I suppose. And, and Ox is probably the next, like, rung down. And then you go further down that and probably Luke Shaw's career in terms of yeah. how it's panned out and, and how it could have panned out. Lallana's come... I mean, it's Lallana's kind of forgotten great. now because he's injured, but he has he came on leaps and bounds under Klopp in the first yeah. two years. Yeah. But, you know, it, yeah, if, yeah. You've got, if you're coming from an academy which, which has a, a terrific reputation for high-grade, high-level coaching, mm. and, and there are loads of those across Europe and obviously the most famous ones, and it's how does Wenger bring those players on and, and maybe someone like Hector Bellerin, who... Yeah comes from one of the best known academies on the planet and and has he kicked on under Wenger mm. uh, I actually thought he played quite well last week at, in a, against Atletico but you know it's clear that he perhaps sees his future away from it would be interesting to see who they get in as manager just to see if they can keep some of these players that have started showing uh, an urge to go away we should talk about Arsenal because um, they drew one all with Atletico Madrid again yeah. you were both at and then they, they lost 2-1 to Manchester United. Two very different games, but both tinged with that same level of, of Arsenal frustration and disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, this is why he's going. Yeah. That, 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 I mean, I say... And, I, and it's kind of sad because, personally, I think Wenger really should have been considering going as far back as 2012 because I think there were signs he was past his best end or he could understand hanging on for the FA Cup 2014, 2014 FA yeah. Cup yeah. that seemed perfect but in saying like, despite the fact you have all these professional reservations I, I, I really like Fenger I like listening to him I, think I like him I, I, I want him to do well I, I, I'd like him to win this Europa League and yet he kind of can't separate that from the fact that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you're up against a guy that's com- completely you know, Diego Simeone is an elite coach he's one of the best coaches in the world um he is like the modernised version of, of Jose Mourinho in many yeah. ways in terms of he can coach a defence probably better than anyone else on the planet, which was true yeah. of Jose Mourinho in the mid-noughties, I think. As well, yeah. But he also produces teams that, that can score goals. So, you know, Atle- the classic Atletico game is, a, is just a 1-0 victory, the 2-0 victory. That, mm. for him, is the sweetest thing of all. You know, he's not someone who's like a Wenger or Guardiola mm. philosoph about attacking football and scoring goals. He's about winning games. And that's what he he truly loves and you wrote a piece Jack about how you show uh, you think he showed that he should be or could be the next Arsenal manager he probably won't be though yeah I mean 
I was at the uh, Ivan Gazidis press conference ten days ago when he spelled out what he wanted the new Arsenal manager. And it's pretty obvious that it's not going to be Simeone. Like they want someone who plays, you know, attractive football and who, you know, represents the brand values of Arsenal, which isn't a direct quote, but might as well be. Yeah. Um, and oh, yeah, Simeone is, is not going to be that guy. He's too much of a culture shock. But I think for that very reason, he would be so attractive. Like because I think Arsenal is a club in need of a culture mm. shock, and Simeone. It's like it's the gap between what Simeone represents and what Arsenal want is so big that that is why it would be so that is why it would be so exciting. Mm. I mean, it would it would be really really painful for a few years. They would probably get worse, <laughs> and he'd have to sell almost basically the whole squad. <laughs> but kind of four years down the line, there's a very there's an exciting future there. For Players Arsenal. that would be great under Simeone at Arsenal. An Arsenal team grinding out wins. Aaron Ramsey. Like make a place where nobody would want to go, where they would get clean sheets <laughs> uh, yeah. every week. They'd concede like ten league goals in the season. Nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety nine. They'd take you place. You know, you'd be playing Arsenal, and they would take you to a place you didn't want to be. <laughs> it's just it's so unimaginable. Yeah, but yeah. in being so unimaginable, it's so it's so exciting. Can you imagine the Emirates being difficult to go to? For, oh, like, noise. Yeah, a, a hostile environment. Uh, and the interesting thing, actually, having Wenger having re- completely revolutionised the club after after George Graham. To go back to that then. That, yeah, uh, yeah. That, uh, it's not <laughs> Arsenal's philosophy. Earth. Well, it was Arsenal's philosophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not the, the wildest thing. I just think it showed the gap between the managers who are great now and the managers yeah. who were great 10 yeah. years ago, basically. It, ha- it, it does feel like it's died down a little, I suppose, as Arsenal kind of get things in place to chatter about the next boss. But I kind of, I, I really want them to do something exciting because yeah. the, the problem with Arsenal the last few years, like, the same story and there's that sense like they're just there. They're not going to do much. So it would be nice to have an Arsenal actually that are able to kind of suddenly do a Spurs, I suppose, in that way and kind of add a bit of electricity to the league again. The only That's why I want it to be Arteta. Really? Uh, yeah. Gazidis is interested in in Arteta. That's been that's been reported, and you know the the case for him is that he's very smart. He's young. Yeah. He's got a very clear idea about the sort of football he wants to play. He's been learning under Pep Guardiola yeah. for the last two years. He's you know he was always seen as a player at, at Everton and at Arsenal as like a kind of manager on the pitch. Like he's mm. very very smart, very switched on, no bullshit. And um, I would I would much rather see him than like uh, I mean obviously Arteta yeah. is foreign, but like a generic imported foreign coach who like uh, Jardim, yeah, yeah, or like Allegri, or yeah. From what from Lewis what I've heard UK. from some closer to City coaching staff is that for the moment. Arteta has done more kind of man management, right. I suppose, as he gets to... Um, so we, not, not that he couldn't do, but I suppose we don't necessarily have as much evidence of maybe some of the other elements of management. And, and of course, man management classically is, is the easier thing for the assistant manager yeah, because yeah. you're the you know, you're the other guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, It's like the same reason that all my staff hates me, but they'll happily talk to my deputy about it. You know, it's like, that's how it works is, is Steve McLaren, I think, talks about it being Alex Ferguson's mm. number two. And then going mm. to the number one job, and your relationship with everyone's completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's that Arsenal thing. Obviously, is going to run and run. The only new thing about Arsenal this year is that instead of talking about well, whether Wenger will go, we know that he will now. Um, we're talking about two, like you're talking about managers that were great ten years ago. You went to the game that's got two of them on <laughs> Sunday. Uh, hey. hmm. it, Mourinho's big theme lately has been how he gets, he's he has hammered too he's much. talking about all the trophies. Um, it was. A fixture, Manchester United Arsenal, that usually provokes nostalgia. This one provoked more insomnia. Yeah. Uh, what do we take away from it? From a football point of view, almost nothing I'd say. Uh, there probably is something to be said for United, actually. Um, they've won their last five games against the, t- the rest of the top six, including that FA Cup win against Spurs, which, I mean, 
I have to say... Uh, Jose's got their number. Well, m- more so, by this point of a Jose regime, usually doing a ti- uh, winning a title. Um, but there's already kind of things starting to kind of... You know, the, the threads are already there like to be unraveled for the, for the next season. Because because maybe a little bit like Guardiola, the intensity of his approach gets a bit too much for certain players. Um, but whatever about that, the one thing he does seem to have over this United squad at the moment is he really has a bit of a psychological hold and they've got a resilience there. Uh, it's, it's interesting that they only seem to be able to get themselves up for the big games. Well, yeah. It's weird. It's like he's kind of he's he, he's kind of mutating into a sort of cup manager. Yeah, kind of maybe he always was a. Cup I mean, there, there is this. I mean, as United fans will willingly tell you on Twitter, though, this was the uh, this is going to be one of the highest uh, point totals for United in years. Could have won the league in other yeah. seasons. But Twitter isn't real life. Yeah. So. Uh, well, also, that argument as well. Every, every season is different and has its own dynamic, uh, and and what happened, like the fact City are so far in, in front, kind of does pull things in different directions. Uh, also, I think the bottom half is atrocious this year. Yeah, and also like there's you know I'm sh- when has there last been a like budget imbalance between the top two and the yeah, bottom eighteen? That's true, actually. Like yeah. There is at the moment. Like I think that, that is the context. You know, let's say City get hundred points, United get ninety mm. ninety points. That has to be the context. Like it. You can't really compare if you got if you are to compare those points totals with the points totals of the Invincibles yeah. or the points totals of the treble team, you have to acknowledge the fact that City and United are spending like by a factor of N yeah. more money than all the other teams yeah, yeah, in a yeah. way which is unprecedented. Well actually that's I mean and I've seen a bit this argument lately in relation to City, so it's been pointed out say United in ninety nine only got seventy nine points compared to what what City are gonna get. But that's the Premier League then wasn't as economically stratified. There were, like there, right, there right. was more there was like Teams in the middle half of the table had more kind of, I'd say, a, a higher quality of player base compared to the top than they do now, where there's this kind of chasmic gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and fundamentally, when you're looking at this United team, they scored two kind of crap goals in a game they didn't dominate against you know, uh, Arsenal kids and, and fringe players. So yeah, that, we, with the last kick of the game, basically, yeah. the, the narrative changes from a rubbish draw to a rubbish win. It, it was... It was so. From a, like from a football point of view, it's almost nothing really beyond what we just discussed. Uh, and actually, <laughs> from a narrative perspective, even though we had the whole Fergie time the argument and all that, I think a draw would have suited the day better because it fit the whole team. It could have Wenger going there, United applauding him for you know. Instead, the whole game, like Arsenal in twenty eighteen away from home, was pointless. Um, <laughs> how else to to continue this week? Uh, the other games from the weekend were pretty much all inconsequential, except Southampton, Bournemouth. Uh, Southampton have a chance now, Jack. Yeah, I mean, it, they've left it very late, but they you wonder whether they now, off the back of that win, they might have the momentum to do it. And obviously Swansea away is the huge game next Tuesday. And you're going to go to that? Yes, I am. And then Manchester City at St Mary's on Sunday the 13th which I think they'll lose. So they basically have to beat Swansea to be in the chance. Guardiola is still playing hard, right? Yeah, I think City are... Like, City have been really, really good. Like, the Swansea game, the West Ham game, obviously those two teams are terrible, but City have... You know, I mean, you can kind of tell when City are on it, and they were on it for both those games. I think, I think basically, having, having gone out of the Champions League, which is remarkable, really, when you think about it, given that they are obviously the best team in the world, and yet they happen to draw the only team in the Champions League quarterfinals yeah. who could beat them... Um, that has kind of stung the players, I think, and they realise that this team needs yeah. a legacy. Yeah, yeah. And that the only way to get that legacy is by breaking 102, was it, 
sorry, by breaking 102 goals and 95 points, which they're going to do. Like that, I imagine mm. they're going to finish with 100 points and 110, 115 goals. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There are um, there are 93 points now with three games to go. So I was at the, I was at the, the don't even need to win them all to break the hundred. At the press conference yesterday, Pep was saying how he wanted to, um, you know, he wants the team to confirm their status as the as the best team in English history by breaking the by breaking the points total. Um, I asked him if how mo- how motivated the team were, and he said the team just like the 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 team like playing football like you like making articles. <laughs> yeah, which is true because I yeah. absolutely love making yeah. articles. And, and it shows that Pep takes an interest in you, which yeah, is cute. Yeah, 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 you better nice. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that argument for Pep, actually, I think, even though there's this whole argument, it's a separate competition, blah, 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 I think they need to win the Champions League on top of the league to uh, to prove that. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean... It's still seen as a failure that you didn't win it at Bayern. Yeah, but, uh, but I, think, I think there's an extra angle there as well. I mean... He was at a genuine European super club, like a pre-made, pre-fab, yeah. complete European super club. He was there for three seasons. He had an elite squad and he didn't win it. Yeah, and there is an element of fluke to it as well. But if we, are, if, we, if we are getting into discussions about the best ever, which we are and which Pep is himself promoting, then you have to look at the kind of the real, real elite achievements. And one of those is proving not just that you can be relentless enough to win the league and kind of that have your quality illustrate itself over the kind of, you know, the, 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 the medical, medical measure of around Robin full season, but also to have the other side and be able to do it on kind of these, these one-off knife-edge knockout games, which, which is a separate kind of talent. Yeah, it is. And, it, and, and it, if they do win, say they won the last three games, mm. right, because they are better than every team they're going to play without even looking at the fixture list, I can tell you that. But they play many relegation yeah. battling teams. Uh, if they won those three games, they, they would have won 33 of 38 mm. league games, which I don't care if you're not unbeaten. That is a, is an incredibly yeah. dominant dominant thing to do, but you're right. It is completely different to the two legged thing, but, and it, which people like Jose yeah. Mourinho and Rafa Benitez have excelled at. But but all, I mean, I heard actually at the weekend from um, a good source that uh, Guardiola was driving himself up the wall after the Liverpool defeat because he knows he needs to win the champ or he, well, he wants to win the Champions League. So mm-hmm. despite everything, and I suppose that that almost promotes his own view as regard being the best team in England, getting those goes. Those records, and also he screwed up that game by picking the wrong team. Yeah, exactly. Which and you, it was his fault. And it's something. It's something he's, he's thinking about now. So I'd say that would be something he will look to rectify next season. But I think it is conspicuous that most English title records, in terms of goals, in terms of points, in terms of the unvin- invincible season, have happened when teams haven't quite gone the distance in the Champions League. Because ultimately, <laughs> it it is. 
easier to target records if you don't have anything else to target. If you, like, if, if, if you look at, look at uh, Guardiola's treble season in Barca in 2009, once they sealed the league and they knew they were in the Champions League final, they kind of just trailed off in the league because they knew, I think they lost three of the last six, preventing themselves from doing those records because they all knew the big one here, we, we've got to make sure we're right yeah. for Europe. I mean, and, and look, I mean, in very obvious terms, look at the fact that before this season, the last two Premier League champions, Conte's, Chelsea and Leicester weren't in Europe at all. Like yeah. obviously, it's easier to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I, I, can you imagine if if if, uh, if things were reversed and it was in you know, a city five two up against Roma now, and you know they're in a good position, should be getting the Champions League final. This the, the, these league records would be a secondary concern. Right, the, the, the discussion completely. would be, let, you know, let, 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 let's do the double. Do you think? I mean, I think the implication of what you're saying is that the like United ninety nine, United two thousand eight. And the Liverpool teams who won both the Champions League and the yeah, it was seventy seventy seven ninety four yeah in the same league are those are those like automatically the greatest ever English teams by virtue of that achievement? I would say so, and w- I think City have a p- You're taking out the quality of opposition no, though, which is an important thing. But, but no, I I think that's part of it because well, first of all, I think City actually have a potentially higher ceiling than all those teams by the way they play football, by the by the players there. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they can, and I think the, the, the football they play is of a higher level than United 2008. It's a team that would have been impossible to build in another era. Yeah, well. yeah, that, that's true, exactly. And yeah. that, that is a key point, and we're, especially since we're in the Super Club era. But it is, ap- I mean, it's grueling to be to to go across two fronts like that, a league campaign and then Europe as well. So to be able to do it, it, it illustrates different qualities of the team that, that kind of resolve. Um, and I, I, I really do think it is. But Even in the last few years, it's like English teams have found it so hard to, to do both. I mean, I remember the closest thing I can think of is, do you remember Chelsea in 2013-14? Mm. Mourinho's first season back there. Yeah. And I th- like they were in a really good position in the Premier League and they got to the semi-finals of the Champions League. And I think they could have won one but not the other if they had only been in one of the two competitions. Yeah. But by virtue of being in both, they ended up winning neither. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, like, it's and so I, hard. And that, to go back even further, I suppose, that was, a, and this was in the day, I suppose, of 12, 14-man squads, that was always a thing said about Leeds United between 65 and 75. That even though they're arguably the best team in England around that period, because they were so good and they qualified for the latter stage of so much, they were just wrecked by the end of the season. Yeah. So they only won two league titles and then only got to the Europe, they got to the European final once and that was when they are kind of a bit spent. Um, and this has been a conversation that we've had a lot recently because, like, looking at the achievements of the Wenger teams in yeah. retrospect, and the argument that's always made against them is the failure in Europe. Mm. And people say, oh, it's a bit, you know, you're judging them by, it's really harsh to pick up on that. But I think you can't really have a serious conversation about, like, the highest achievements in yeah. the English game and the achievements of Ferguson's United team without saying that yeah. you know, Arsenal's teams do unfortunately suffer well, by that comparison. And also, you know, pe- people talk about how, you know, well, you know, it's England, it's a separate competition, but they don't happen in isolation. If, you, if you've got a massive European game on a Wednesday, of course it's going to affect your weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you, you can't just divorce it. And actually, Liverpool's last two displays are, even though they're a different squad, City and all that, but they are kind of proof of this. Yeah. Do you think City can win the League cha- Premier League Champions League double next season? Yes. I think they should have won it this year. Yeah, yeah. I th- like, I think... Yeah. They- I think it was there for them. Yeah, this yeah year as well. I mean, they are just so much better than all the other teams left in the competition. Yeah, but, yeah, but they just, you know, that performance against Liverpool, against Liverpool was was terrible. You know, it was one of those games where like every first touch from City just seemed yeah. to like bounce yeah. off their feet, and so you know, and but, e- but even then, even though they played ter- terribly in the Anfield game, the margins between going through and going out yeah. were still incredibly fine. Yeah, like yeah. The, 
I mean, Pep brought up yesterday at the, at, at the London Stadium the Robertson on Sterling penalty non, non-decision. So yeah. it's clearly like in the back of his mind. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Now. But the fact is that when it comes That's to your biggest goal. game of the season, you know, mm. like, you, you can't afford to have the worst game of the season on your biggest game of the season. Um, you just get to go back, she's just willing and, and not, not to endlessly go back to kind of the, I suppose, <laughs> English football's eternal reference at this point. But <laughs> Ferguson, to be fair, in that sense as well, I mean, I did a decade, you know, just under a decade after his first decision to retire, when and there was already talk, you know, he could be on the way out then in 2002 when United did so badly in the league. But a decade after that, he, he's been in three Champions League finals while winning the league, which, which is yeah. In, in, yeah. incredible. Well, what, six Premier League titles in that final uh, 11 years, yeah, from 2002 to yeah. 2013. And then in 2008, he, he wins the league, wins the Champions League. 2009, wins the league, gets done by the best, one of the best sides ever. In the Champions League final, two years later, wins the league again. Gets also, done. fair play to him. Knows how to knows when to retire as well. <laughs> uh, the one thing perhaps that, that Wenger could have learned from him. I'm just looking at the city. The city do have. They've got Brighton, Huddersfield, and Southampton in the last three games. Southampton on the final day. If Southampton get a result against Swansea, especially, it might. If because I think Huddersfield will be in the mix. But Huddersfield have got a much worse goal difference than Southampton. Southampton might be playing City, just trying to keep it to like three goals, basically to stay up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, when you're playing against City that is kind of mm. how you have to approach it it'll be interesting to see what Mark Hughes does that Southampton Swansea game that you're going to go to that is does feel like yeah. just just feels massive Southampton are below the line on 32 Swansea are above the line on 33 and it's in Wales isn't it on a Tuesday oh, yeah. night that'll be big Stoke aren't out of it they play Palace this weekend who are now kind of safe Stoke win against Palace. They're on the same points as Swansea, but they play the game more. I don't know. It's going to come down to Swansea, Southampton. Yeah. I think it, you feel like one of those teams. Um, if you, but it's, it's, it's West Ham and Huddersfield are going to be very supportive of Swansea. Huddersfield are the team I worry about because their goal difference is atrocious mm. and they're horrendously out of form. If you, I mean, who do you think is going to go down? And who you know, is there any team that you prefer to to stay up or go down? Uh, <laughs> the preference doesn't. So I think Stoke and Huddersfield are going to go down. You think Huddersfield will drop? You think Southampton will get out of it? I th- yeah. You think Southampton will win a set at Swansea? Saints got really good players. Oh, yeah. Huddersfield play. The best team ever to be relegated. Huddersfield play Man City, we, we, oh, Chelsea, Arsenal in the last reckon? three. Better than West Ham two thousand three. Okay, maybe probably the best one since then. Yeah. In terms of like established Premier League players. Yeah. Tadic, Romeo, Bertrand. Yeah, you're pretty Sheeda, right. Yeah. Long, Ward Prowse, Austin Suarez won the yeah. Euros. Like they've got like the the Stoke are pretty good, but mm. Saints are really good. Like Saints, yeah. you know, they've they let's not forget they've been top ten the last yeah, what, yeah. three years in a row. Swansea play Bournemouth, Southampton, Stoke. Swansea can get out of it. Saints can get out of it but play City in the last day. Huddersfield have have let's say Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City the last three games. Um West Ham I think are fine. They play Everton on the last day, who won't have anything to play for. Uh, yeah, that means we've got the delicious prospect of, uh, of Sam Big Allardyce Sam, yeah. relegating well, West Ham at yeah. the London Stadium. <laughs> is that on the last day of the season? Yes, it is, yeah. I, I will um, call a halt to the relegation discussion for uh, the mailbag, which we did promise, just okay. because I need to, to get out of here in a minute. <laughs> um, in fact, both of you two as well. So Lovely data meeting. I don't know what you're yeah. giggling at. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this meeting. Great it's going to be cracking. Um, so we asked for your questions earlier on. Um, Jack Pitbrook has curated the questions, uh, taken out all of the abusive ones, and um, we'll provide the best. So mm. when you're ready, Jack. Um, here's a good one from Lucas Kostic. 
Just how big of an achievement would Barca's invincible league title be? Also, what should Valverde's next steps be for stepping up in Europe? That's actually a weird one because... <laughs> That's gone under the radar well, a little. It feels like the Champions League elim- elimination and the nature of it has kind of rendered the Invincible season a bit... Well, but they, the thing uh, is, the elimination came after they were already pretty much guaranteed the lead. Yeah. You know, they, they were so rampant kind of through but October, it, November, December that the league was tied mm. up by January, Feb because they play in the Classico yeah. this weekend. But actually, it should, This should yeah, have been yeah. the title decider. Yeah. Imagine how good that would have been. Two games from the end. Well, actually, I mean... I don't think they're quite as good as as City, but they have Messi, which is obviously the greater level in football. And from that regard, and not just because of how they went out against Roma, he's not Bar- a leveler. He's the opposite of a leveler. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, right, the great yeah, leveler yeah, yeah, is yeah. a muddy pitch. <laughs> no, <laughs> Messi's the great differentiator. <laughs> the great, yeah, football, the great yeah. differentiator. Um, but uh, well, in terms of City, he, he brings them to their level. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they should be kicking themselves because, and, and not just because of how they went out against Roma, just because I'd, I'd say on quality they're probably. The second best team in Europe. Uh, but yes, I know we're, yes. we're Messi. Uh, I was going to say possibly the first, we're, but, but we're, uh, we're, we're, if you're going to say City, yeah. If Messi, if Messi's on song, which he has been this season, he takes them up to City's but level. Th- I mean, it'd be weird for this Barca team to win the, the Champions League when the previous two or three, four iterations have I been know, better. But this is, but, and I know that's how it happens in the Champions League, and, and it's not always the best team that wins. Um, look at Real. Real Madrid are, are probably going to do. The gold standard feat of three in a row. But they have and, an incredible and, and, squad, though. Like the, the depth, like, but they can't win a league. The depth of talent they have is phenomenal. I think this Barca squad is is a bit... There, I mean, there are obvious holes in it, which I haven't been for... Like There have been seasons when it's like, wow, that first 11 is just gold-plated. It, it, it does, doesn't this basically, though, just, again, illustrate Messi's brilliant. He, he covers up so many holes in that team. I mean, he's... He's phenomenal. Next question. Should Harry Kane leave Tottenham if presented with the opportunity to do so by Madrid or Bayern? From the response to that question, I thought it was a piss-take question. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I, I actually think that Jack's probably best place to answer this one. Um, I don't think he's going to leave anytime soon. I mean, I mean, ultimately, it's not up to him. It's up to Daniel Levy. Like, there is no... Yeah. There is no prospect of Tottenham getting strong. He's still paid below market value, right? He is, but I think they will... He's happy enough with it. They're going to give him a new deal this year if they can. Mm. I I think he'll certainly want to see in the new stadium. I do think that Tottenham are spinning a lot of plates and it's going to be very difficult for them, but, you know, people have been saying that for a while and they have managed to roll Last night we had Poch saying, kind of, Poch wouldn't commit, basically, to saying he was going to be there next season, which is wild, because we know he is going to be there next season, but he obviously wants something. Yeah, well, he, I mean, they are talking about a new contract and obviously by raise, floating the possibility of him not being there, he probably increases the chance. It, 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 is, it is amazing. Even as much as Pochettino goes on about that FA Cup not changing our lives, it does feel as if it's changed the feel, the whole completely, feel around Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Now, it was a damp squib end of the season. Yeah, completely, yeah. 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 I know, it's only, I know all, there's, all, there's just space for all these questions about kind of problems. Even and, though they're probably going to come fourth, which is amazing mm. given, the, given their budget. Yeah. Mm. Um, I hope that we haven't really answered the Kane thing from the other end, Miguel. Is were Kane to leave? Yeah, we think Real Madrid. Real Madrid, I think, will be put off by what happened with Gareth yeah. Bale because, um, not to say they're similar characters necessarily, but Bale's struggle to adapt um, is a, is a lesson for them mm. uh, in, in terms of British players have had those difficulties before. They did like Bayern, though. Bayern Munich doesn't feel like a nah. natural fit. No. Uh, any other foreign? Do you think? Do you think he'd leave the Premier League? He, um, I, th- I feel a bit only be kind of Real Madrid or Man United, maybe. 
or if, if things... Or City. I mean, yeah, City yeah, I was about to say City, if, if things keep going with City. I mean, it feels with City as well as if, just by what nature what they're doing, they're going to be... Players are going to want to kind of go, I want to play for that, I want mm. to play in that team. Um, um, but yeah, I can't think of, any, of anyone else. Maybe the club he supported as a kid, Arsenal. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, Jack? Um, best place for a quick lunch in West London? Dishoom. Uh, Dishoom. Hmm. I'm only uh, in the office once a week. It's on Derry so. Street in Kensington. I'd say uh, kebab machine on Shepherd's Bush Road. Uh, <laughs> I would also, if you if you're not in if you're not in West West, if you're in South West, go to uh, Black Bream in in Fulham. New restaurant that just opened. Um, mm. Who give is it, going down? Meal, who is going down for the championship? Yeah. Survival Sunday looks fascinating. Uh, Miguel on the championship. You're the one to talk yeah, to. Yeah, I've gone to <laughs> precisely zero championship games this season. You're going to do the you're going to do the playoff final and pretend you know what you're talking about. Probably, probably. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just isn't that the same? I think it's the same day as the Champions League final. So. Oh yeah, oh, no, oh, is it? it is. Yeah, yeah, I it's that afternoon. It's, not, it's, not the, it's always been the Monday, hasn't it? I think it's, no, it's I think the it's same the afternoon. Yeah, we looked at it the other day. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do it? I oh, know, I do. I mean, well, but I'm going to Kia. What a shame. Well, yeah, I'm producer Murph might be there. <laughs> I'm going to defer to Steve Lewis's answer. Um, so he thinks it's going to be Bolton and Burton. Well, Sunderland, Sunderland are gone. They sat Chris Coleman and have got new owners, so that's a rebuild job. Um, they'll be in League One next year with a, a budget about 35 times the size of the smallest club in the league, which makes sense. Um, it's pretty tight. Bolton, Burton, Barnsley, Birmingham, all the Bs, mm. and a little bit of Reading. Reading uh, without Stam have been better, ostensibly. I mean, Stam basically overachieved in his first season, and, and Reading fans refused to listen to people telling them that they were not half as good as their league position suggested. And basically, he's been hoisted by his own... Uh, Petard, his own success. Um, Birmingham, a bit of a basket case club, but I think they've got enough in them to win the games. Probably Barnsley or Burton. Barnsley, Burton, and Bolton. Two of those go, and I fear it will be. I fear it will be Barnsley and Bolton. Um, but I'm far more interested in the top, where, where I'd like to see Fulham get back in the Premier League because I think they'd be yeah. really interested. But Villa. A great club as well. Derby, it'd be nice to have them back after a few years. Middlesbrough, I mean, we've done Middlesbrough pretty recently. E- but easiest journey for my house, that's what I want to know. No, nothing against the clubs involved, but, you know, I'd, you I'd, ra- I'd rather Fulham up than Cardiff. And then one final question. Why did Ed block me when I disagreed with his opinion? <laughs> Has he made a full emotional recovery? Um, I only block people if you're a dick. So uh, that would be the reasoning. It's one of those things, it's like... Um, I was thinking, would my life be any worse if I never heard from this person again? <laughs> and uh, if the answer is no, is that right? Did I say that right? Either way, like if uh, if it's not going to affect my life to never hear from you again, then you're gone. So um, enjoy your life. Ruthless. Enjoy enjoy your life. It's going to be fun. Um, we got a couple of others about. Uh, oh yeah, who who's better, Mares or Zaha? Uh, Zaha for me. Zaha the way he's playing more, at the moment. I think Zaha's more effect, more dangerous. Yeah, maybe. He scores more goals. Certainly this season. He, yeah, he, feel, he feels more efficient as well. Yeah. Um, more, more consistent. Will Marco Silva be back next season? Where is his most likely destination? Uh, I think he'd love to come back to England, but I think he... I think he might have to go back to Portugal. I think there's an offer. On the, I mean, there's an offer on the table from Benfica. Well, Port, is he Porto yeah. secured the title before? It, it, it does feel like he needs to go back and kind of just not rebuild themselves just get, get a few trophies on the board kind of actually yeah, yeah, yeah. bring something through in saying that I wouldn't be 100% surprised if Chelsea were to go back in from despite everything because especially if all the, Chelsea are having to think about how they do things and they want 
the next Pochettino now. They, they don't necessarily yeah. want the big name. Although someone who would know pretty much today that is, if if they can't find a successor, don't completely rule out Rafa going back there. Now that that's at the end of a very long list. But the interesting <laughs> thing about Rafa is Rafa is seen as available because I know that the last yeah. couple of times Palace have been looking for, for managers, which is astonishingly regularly actually, that they've at least kicked the tires to try and find mm-hmm. out because yeah. everyone has known the situation with him and Mike Ashley. Mm. And, and look, let's remember, Mike Ashley said the club would be sold by Christmas and four months, five months mm. later, we're, we're still nowhere. Um, the only place we are is is late so okay. uh, we need to go after our data meeting yes what's the nature of this that we're going to uh, I'll explain off air uh, it's uh, some, some incredibly sensitive information that we could never have out in public uh, but anyway thank you for coming in today thank you for all your uh, your ideas your beautiful meandering conversation about football uh, Jack we'll see you next week I hope so yes Bank holiday next week uh, Miguel see you next Tuesday yeah, big time uh, and tomorrow Miguel yeah. is a bit of a see you next Tuesday. Oh, oh I, see. I see what you did there. Oh, and right. with you, that... You shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed on the podcast. And <laughs> filth. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we'll sign off. Thank you for joining us. I've been Abalian. Uh, <laughs> please rate, subscribe and review. <laughs> Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.